Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Rap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are here to answer all your questions about sex, sexuality, sexual health, relationships, and everything in between. How are you Yay. today, Andrew? I'm having an <laughs> awesome day. How are you ha- How are you holding up, Spring? I've been a, a little on the sick side, but um, I'm able to hold my head up today, so things are looking up. Yay. Um, I taught a human sexuality class today and we were talking about ectopic pregnancy and I just, I had a moment. Um, I have a lot of moments listeners, but you know, like I, I just, I had a moment for like 15 minutes. I talked about why abortion is healthcare and the only service that saves a woman or trans man's life if they have an ectopic pregnancy is an abortion. And we need abortion and abortion like is just part of what we need in a healthcare system if we want women to be alive. Um, sorry, everyone. That, that was my, uh, my, I'm still stuck in that moment, though. The slide came up, and it wasn't about abortion as healthcare, but abortion is healthcare. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry, that has nothing to do with our question. Um, That's okay. We all know that you like to rant about things. Uh, have you pulled up any of your old rants for us? Uh, I do have tons and tons of rants available on lots of topics. I have lots of thoughts and I get pretty deep into them. And usually there's well-structured arguments in the background and appeals to emotion. And I get all worked up and I get louder and louder. And (laughs) people in my life like to set me, like I have triggers that set me off on big rants. Like anyway, um, ectopic pregnancy. Anyway. All right. Um, so listeners, uh, welcome back to our show. We're happy to have you with us. And um, today we have a really pressing question that I think is important. And it, it's kind of complicated, too. Um, it's a little bit long. So I'll just read the whole thing. Um, my partner asked me if I'd ever faked it with them, which I have. However, I lied and said no because they're so into my pleasure. But I always am asking, but I'm always receiving pleasure during sex with them, and I'm super turned on. But sometimes I just want the sex to be over. Should I tell them that I lied? I feel so guilty, and no, faking it is not the answer. But I don't want to hurt them. What should I do? I love this question. I mean, it's so interesting because they have orgasms with their partner. They like having sex with their partner. They know that they don't want to lie to their partner and yet they're lying. (laughs) And, you know, I think this is so interesting because I think this happens all the time. Um, I think, you know, we always are trying to avoid uncomfortable conversations or things that we think will be uncomfortable. And so we're trying to make things easy and we're trying to like make things, you know, just like get through whatever we can. And so in this instance, this person is saying, you know, I, I just sometimes want the sex to be over. And so I'm faking an orgasm and, and now they feel really bad about lying to their partner about it. And, um, yeah, I think they should definitely talk to their partner about this, but let's break this down. Cause I think there are so many things to talk about here. Um, so which which aspect of this do we want to talk about first? I mean, I think we should probably start by not answering her question and talk about just 
like what the problem with faking it is. And um, we have an episode on it. It's episode 79. Why do women fake orgasms? Um, but we should talk about like the issues with communication and the issues like for the real big, the real big issue, right? If you're faking it is that you're giving someone positive feedback to keep doing the thing that isn't working or isn't helping you get off. Or like you're saying like, oh, that was so good that I came. I had an orgasm. Thank you. I had so much pleasure by this thing that didn't do that. So you're giving people positive reinforcement for the thing that didn't work. And you know what happens if you fake orgasms the next time? They're going to be like, oh, yeah, I really like making you feel good. So I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to get really good at doing that thing. And I'm going to keep doing that thing. And then and you have then to keep faking it. You're going to get really good at faking orgasms. <laughs> yeah. If you fake an orgasm, then you're going to have to basically keep faking orgasms. That's what happens, right? Because the person that is trying to give you pleasure is going to keep doing those same things. And what we really want to be doing is be giving honest feedback to our partners and tell them what works and what doesn't work for us to help us achieve an orgasm, if that's the goal that we are working for in that moment. But especially, it can be really hard to say that to a partner, even a partner that you have really good, open, honest communication with. And so what makes it much easier is the person who is doing the pleasuring. So say a guy is going down on a girl. Um, he can say to her, do you like this? Would you like this better? Would you like this? And then that's going to open up the conversation for her to be able to say, yes, no, I like this. I like that. But it can be hard for the person who is receiving pleasure to just say, actually, can you do this? Can you do that? Because there's a lot of fear about, you know, critiquing the person who is giving the pleasure, which can also feel like you are being mean to them or like they might stop what they're doing altogether and then you don't get anything, right? There's a lot of fear around that. So if the person who is giving the pleasure brings it up and says, hey, how do you like this? Hey, can I do something differently here? Then you have a real opening to have a better conversation and to start to do what the partner who is receiving really needs. I mean, in any relationship, it's healthy to set it up so that you have time, like you've dedicated time, like before, during, after, like what sex, like any, any point, like, you know, you're going to sort of touch base. Just make it a part of your healthy sexual relationship. Like, what's working well? What do I want more of? What felt the best? What can I change? Is there something new that you want to try? Is there something that's not working? Um, and it's hard, right? Like, people are not trained to have, well, we're not trained to have any conversations about sex. Like, we're trained our whole life, like, just do it. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that's like, that's all of sex ed. If you, you know, like, if you, especially no, if you go to sex ed is don't do it. <laughs> right. Or just don't do it. It won't be fine. You'll get pregnant and you'll die. Um, but just practicing and modeling those kind of conversations. Um, and it should come from both directions. Like, it's great if the person who's doing the pleasuring is asking, like, how is this? How's it going? Um, but the person who's receiving pleasure can also be, you know, an active participant. Um, and I think what most people realize once they start having these conversations with partner is that their sex gets so much better with that partner and any other partners that they may have in the future, because you realize what you thought was scary is actually just another conversation that's not very scary at all, especially if you have a partner who's in it with you. Like if your partner really is there and loves giving you pleasure, then they're probably going to love knowing how to give you actual pleasure and not give you a fake orgasm. 
And I just want to say, you know, this can, it can be hard. Like, we totally understand that. And so making it just like a normal practice, like after you're engaging in some sexual activity, then you're cuddling with someone and then do that check-in. What did you like? What didn't you like? What could I do better? What What would you like to try next time, you know, so that it becomes a regular uh, thing and it doesn't seem weird or awkward then because it's just part of it. And I had, I remember I had a partner who I had been dating and they were doing something that I didn't really love when they were going down on me. And I kept thinking, oh, I need to tell them this. Oh, I need to tell them this. And it like got longer and longer. And then um, one day they said to me, like, do you like this? And I was like, oh, thank God. Here it is. Here it is. I can finally say it. And it just felt like there wasn't space or there wasn't time to do it. And so it can get away from you sometimes. And so that's where that regular check-in becomes really important because then you kind of always have the space for it. If you're just kind of always doing that after you engage in sexual activity, then you have that regular space to be able to do those check-ins and to make sure everyone is getting what they like and want and need out of the interactions. Yeah. You can just boil it down to a few simple questions too. You don't have to go super in depth, but like, how was that for you? And you can start by saying, for me, it was this. And how was it for you? Like it could be really easy, smooth questions. And then as you practice, you can get more in depth. Um, But we do need to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to actually start digging into the submitted question. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are answering a question about faking it, about lying, about pleasure. It is a complicated question and we haven't even got there. We've just been talking about some of the problems with faking it. um, And then we are offering some solutions on how to handle those sort of situations. Um, But once you start faking it, most of the time you're stuck continuing faking it and the other person doesn't improve and you don't get what you want. So we do not recommend faking it. Um, But I want to move on to... Uh, like the next, like the, like the next part of this question, um, like so the, the the listener says that they want sex to be over. Um, we have a whole episode about this. It's episode one hundred and nine. How long should sex last? Um, but every person when they're engaging in sex at some point is like, all right, I've had enough. Um, and and this question <laughs> says like they're getting pleasure, so they're getting pleasure during that sex and they're really enjoying it, um, but they're not having an orgasm. Um, so they want sex to be over. How do we help people get sex to be over? Yeah, I think this is so great because we don't want sex to last forever. (laughs) Even if it's great, even when we are receiving pleasure, even when it feels so good, it's, it's just not something that we want to go on forever and ever. And so we know that most people have relatively short interactions. Um, I mean, you can go listen to that episode, but what what's the average length of most sexual interactions? About five and a half minutes. And if you talk to sex therapists, they'll say like seven to 13 minutes is the ideal. And that's just like the penetrative part. That's not talking about all of the fun stuff that happens before, all of the fun stuff that happens after, all of the aftercare, all of the pre-care, all of the conversations. Um, So like five to 13 minutes seems to be a very average. And then sex therapists say, you know, seven to 13 minutes is ideal. So for most people, you know, if sex is continuing on past that 13 minutes, it's probably going to be a little bit less comfortable. Lubrication might be wearing out, you know, there are muscles involved, cramping, tiredness, like there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, 
Now, the real answer for how long sex should last, it's both partners discuss it, have good communication about it. They both, you know, talk about their needs and make sure that those needs are met. Um, but uh, yeah, like just wanting to sex, to sex to be over is completely normal, completely fine. Except once again, uh, we're in a world where we're taught that it's not okay to have that kind of sexual communication with other people. Like we don't even know how to do it in the middle of sex. If you're like, oh, I'm really tired and I just want this to be over. Um, it's perceived as like a huge insult to the other person. People get really upset by those sort of conversations. So it's back to that yeah. whole, how do you communicate and how do you train yourself and your partners to be able to handle that conversation? Yeah. I mean, I think that in the moment, you know, when something is going on for a long time and you feel like you're ready for it to be done, I think that, you know, you can say like, um, this is feeling great, but I'm ready to switch things up. You know, that's one way to like um, shift what's happening at least. Um and so I think that's one way that you can start to move in a different direction. But then if you want to completely end the sexual interaction, I think, you know, something that's saying like, I'm feeling pretty worn out. I, I don't know that I can handle much more. I think that phrasing is something that most people take relatively well because it seems like, oh, I've done a good job. I've really, I've really exhausted them, right? Like they just really can't do anywhere. That's um, some, some type of phrasing that might go over well. But, but I think that what we're talking about here is this regular check-in idea that you can also do at the end and say, you know, like, um, I did, I really enjoyed that. And it felt like, um, it was a little longer than I normally like to have sex for just so like, you're also giving that information back to people so that you're starting to understand your different partners and like what different people like, because everybody likes different things. Everybody wants different things. And so you need to have these kinds of conversations with any sexual partner that you have. And then you start to get to know what that specific person needs and what works for them. Yeah, I'm getting sore. Uh, I can't take anymore. I feel it feels really good. Like there's lots of really positive ways. Like in this situation, if you're always receiving pleasure during sex and you're not going to get off that time, you could be like, you know, my body has had enough. I can't go any further. Everything feels great. Um, so you can be really positive about needing sex to be over. Um, and often your partner will be like, oh, yeah, they, now I can finally take a break too, because all partners eventually get exhausted during sex, get, get, gets tiring. Yeah. Um, but it's, once <laughs> yeah. again, it's that communication piece. And, you know, that's like something that, so in this example, we're talking about oral sex, right? And we're talking about um, the partner is going down on them. And you know what? They probably are getting tired too, right? Like after, after any one type of activity for a while, both people are going to be getting tired. And so it's also okay to say that because there's a high likelihood that your partner really needs a break from what they're doing too. And so, yeah, they are like really wanting to give you pleasure, but you can also communicate like, this is feeling so great and I'm so tired. I'm feeling like this is all I can take right now. You know, like communicating that it's not, that it's not pleasurable, but that it's just like, you've reached your limit. Like that, that's, you know, and that's completely acceptable. And everybody does, even though we don't like to admit it or talk about that for some reason. Yeah. Like 
you hit this pleasure threshold with your body and your body gets tired and sweaty and you need a break. And you can even say like, you know, I need a break for a little while. Uh, It's too much. It's too intense. So there's ways that you can phrase it that give the pleasure giver really positive feedback. um, And you don't end up sort of creating this guilt and shame that you're feeling about lying to your partner um, or faking it, which is, you know, faking it is a kind of lie as well, lying to your partner that they accomplish something. But I want to talk about white lies, which we also have an episode <laughs> about. Um, yeah. So we don't talk. This episode is like a summary of like four other episodes all pulled together. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So in episode 171, we talk about the problem of lies of omission, but we also talk about like white lies. Um, Now, I'm going to take a step back and say in our everyday lives, there are lots of times and places where we do not need to be completely honest. We don't hurt anyone's feelings with, you know, not being completely honest. Little white lies are a lubrication that gets us through life. Now, with that said, with a romantic partner that you're engaging in sexual activity with, it's a little bit different. Um, Like that white lie ended sex that time for you, but it sent a really negative message about like long-term sexual interactions with that person. Um, And then when someone finds out about that white lie, they feel really bad about it too. So I think we should be really careful and protective of ourselves and of our sexual partners with the lies. Because at the end of the day, you know, in, in most situations, that lie is going to come out later. So you're always better off being honest um, in that kind of situation and saying something like, I'm not going to get off this time. It feels great, but I just need a break rather than faking an orgasm and, and lying with that little white lie to your partner because it does damage your relationship. It damages future sex with that person. Um, so they're, they're like, they're pretty dangerous. So they seem easy and innocuous at the time, but the guilt that you're feeling right now about it is like, oh my gosh, now if I come clean and I'm going to have to come clean or else the same thing is going to keep happening, this person's going to be really hurt. Yeah. And, you know, I also like just saying something like, you know, um, like, I don't think my body can orgasm right now, you know, like also just saying something like that, like it, you know, there's, there's like physical responses here that we're talking about. And sometimes, you know, there's, it's just not going to happen for whatever reason. And it can be a lot of factors that actually impact that, right? Like not just the actual stimulation that's happening, but what's happening internally in your mind, what's happening um, biologically for you that day, what's happening in your environment around you. Like all of these things are impacting whether or not you're actually going to be able to orgasm at that moment. And, you know, actually just saying something like that too, like this is feeling so amazing. I don't think I'm going to be able to orgasm right now, but um, I, I'm enjoying this for, you know, if you want to do this for a little while longer or something, like I'm really enjoying this, like something like that is also, I think, a really good way to communicate about that because um, this is, it's like, it's also like we're just expecting that people can orgasm at any moment on demand, you know, if they get X amount of stimulation. And that is not true. That's just not true. Yeah. If we look at it overall, like being too tired might not orgasm, being too much energy, had too much coffee, need to go to the bathroom, had a bad day, had a really good day. I ran at the gym. I'm sweaty. I like, there's like, the, any any event that happens in your life, good or bad, in a day could cause you to not be able to orgasm. And that's okay. And I think it's also important to state, like, most of the time when we're answering these questions, uh, we talk about women faking orgasms, but men fake orgasms too for the same kind of reasons and tell the same kind of lies. 
Um, so it's just really important that like the reason why someone is lying at that moment is to make the other person feel good, but they end up making themselves and the other person feel bad and probably reduce your future potential for pleasure and orgasms as well. But we need to take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back. And, uh, and then a we're going to actually answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the episode. Today we are answering a question about faking it, telling lies, pleasure. I mean, this is like a whole soap, a soap opera like wrapped into one episode. Um all right. So we were just talking about the problem of telling white lies, uh, especially in these sexual relationships and the damage that it can cause that other person. Um, I think there's one other big issue that I want to cover today that I think is really important. Um, and that's society has trained us through pornography and through memes and through like all of these other like sources of sexual information um, that sex needs to be goal oriented. Right. Like you're having sex for one reason. And that one reason is to have an orgasm. Um, so orgasm focused or goal oriented sex. Um, and when we really look at goal oriented sex, the outcomes are usually less pleasurable and less fun and less intimate for all parties involved. Because instead of that sex being about you feeling good, me feeling good, us having intimacy, it's I need to do this thing to you or I need you to do this thing for me. The entire sex becomes about that goal. Um, and I think that's really the underlying issue that's sort of sitting inside of this question, the idea of goal-oriented sex. This person is giving me pleasure because they like to, but they are doing it because there's this thing at the end that they they, they want to get or they want me to get. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is what we talk about on the show so often. We talk about, like, people end most sexual interactions if there is a person with a penis involved in the sexual interaction when that penis ejaculates, right? And then it's like, oh, everything's done. Everything stops. That's very common attitude. And it's like, okay, you know, we've succeeded in getting this ejaculation. <laughs> we've succeeded in getting this come out of the penis. So now all sex must be over. And, um, and I know many people don't agree with that, right? But that's just like the attitude that is still kind of generally surrounding sex and sexual activity. And so we need to start to think about sex as like a much broader thing, not just the penetration, not just oral sex, um, not just stimulation with hands, but like all of these things together, including the cuddling, including the talking, including the foreplay, including the touching, the massage, whatever else is happening, including the kink, all of this is part of sex, right? And so when we boil it down and just say like, we're trying to get an orgasm, like that's, that is the most simplistic silly thing we could say, right? Because that's saying like, we don't care about all of these other things, which we do. We all enjoy all of these things and they all go together and they are like what make these amazing sexual interactions we have with people. And the orgasm is like, maybe a cherry, right? It's like, okay, a little thing that goes on top, which like we, we want to have, we're interested in getting there, but that is not what 
the whole sexual interaction is about. The whole sexual interaction, I mean, people have sex for hundreds of reasons. We have research on why people have sex. I think we have a whole episode on this also. And, you know, it can be for stress relief. It can be for intimate connection. It can be f- uh, to get out of doing the dishes. It can, I mean, it can be for any number of reasons, right? And the orgasm is not the main reason, actually. Most people have sex. You can have an orgasm very quickly by masturbating if that's the goal, if that's what you want to do. But sex, the goal is not orgasm, no matter whether you think it is or not. It isn't. And <laughs> I'm telling you, it isn't. And we need to like start to drop that attitude, right? Yeah. Stepping away from the goal part of sex into the entire experience is sex makes it healthier for everybody. And if and if this listener with the submitted question, like if they didn't have that orgasm goal oriented sex, none of this would have happened. There would have been there would not have been a lie. There would not have been faking it. There would be like better overall sexual health communication. Um, but it's hard, right? Because we're trained to do goal oriented sex, right? All sources talk about like there's this goal. Um, especially pornography, very goal-oriented man orgasms and it's over um so it's stepping away from that and thinking about the entire interaction while the clothes are on until the aftercare has completed as sex right and and it's not that person's fault right it's like culture that is saying you know this is how you have to think about it this is how it has to be and porn and everything that we consume around sexuality is trying to tell us that and and, you know, our partners can think that and it's not their thoughts either. It's culture telling them that. And yep. so it has to become this communication, right, where we're saying we're being honest about these things and we're really talking about all of these things. So it's not just these assumptions uh, that culture has planted in our minds are taking over. Yeah. So you got to step away from the porn and step into you know, real, true intimacy and connection with another person, um, and this is true for one night stands and hookups as it is as as it is for long term relationships. Um, they all get better when you take the focus off of the goal and put it more into the overall interaction. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to cover about this? Well. No, but I still don't think we've answered the question. So we've covered all the pieces of the question, but they're asking, should I tell them that I lied? I feel guilty about this, right? So I think let's each weigh in. Um, We've been through all of the little pieces, all of the parts that like make up this question. But what do you think? So Spring, last night when we were together, uh, I just I just wanted to touch base on what happened last night. And everything you were doing to me felt really, really, really good. Um, and I just didn't know what to do because I knew I wasn't going to come and I was afraid to say anything because uh, I didn't want to let you down because you're so good at what you do. Um, and, you know, instead of me being honest at that moment, I, I lied to you and I said that I got off. Um, and I faked it. And I don't want to do that again because I want to be honest with you because it was great and I loved everything that you were doing and I want to do it again. Um, but in the future, I, I, like if that situation happens, I'm going to tell you, like, you know, this feels great. My body's just not going to get there this time. And it's not a you issue at all because I loved everything that we did. Um, but I think we'll have a much better overall sex life if I can be honest with you. That's what I would say. Amazing. Yeah. I think, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it, and I think there's really two options here, right? 
So she can say either one, like, I'm never going to do this again and I'm going to start this communication now, or two, I am going to like fess up to this and kind of explain it now. And I think I like the second option better. And the reason is you can clarify what's been happening and really communicate honestly. Otherwise, if you just kind of start randomly doing this, they're going to be like, how come I was always getting you off every time before and now I'm not, right? So I think you could just kind of start to integrate this. But if you've been with this partner for a while, um, then it could feel like something suddenly changed. So I think having that conversation about you know, I apologize. I was I was doing this thing, but I don't want to do it anymore. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's that open, honest communication. And it has to start somewhere, but there are ways that you can get into it and be really positive and affirming with your partner as well. Um, so yes, you should tell them that you lied, but you don't even have to say that you lied in that conversation. You could say like, hey, I want to talk about last night or when the event happened and then talk about how great everything was and how that you want to keep having things be great. So you can couch the whole thing really positively about making sure that everybody's needs are being met, not everybody's goals are being met. Like th those are different. Um, so separating those two out, but yeah, good luck. Good luck. Any, any good final, luck. any final spring? Have you ever faked it? Yeah. You faked it before, right? I've also faked it. Of course I faked it. Yeah. 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 Everyone fakes I've also, it. I'm also really good now at being like, um, I'm really tired. <laughs> mine, mine is a, we'll try again. Why don't we try again a little bit later? Yeah. Spring is sick, everybody, and dying and keeps coughing and moving away. So um, I'm going to say the goodbye. For, I'm going to say the goodbye for everybody. I think her cough medicine is worn out. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening and keep those questions coming in. We love to hear from you. We love talking with you about these questions. Um, you should check out our social media. We post every single day on Instagram, uh, occasionally on Facebook and Twitter. Um, at all three of those, we are at the sex wrap. That's uh, wrap with a W. You can send us your questions through DM or you can email us your questions. We're the sex wrap at gmail.com and you can call us at 413 I wrap it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too. Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.